TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Started back, I believe, on March 31st, and on November 2nd, the baseball season hath finally come to a close. Congratulations to the San Francisco Giants. We'll talk some baseball, we'll wrap up uh, the season, talk some football as well, and sneak a little NBA talk as our local Chicago Bulls pull off a big victory yesterday. It's election day, vote early. Vote often, but whatever you do, vote, vote, vote. Welcome to the Two Guys in a Mic Show, TalkZone.com, back at you. Beautiful, beautiful Tuesday here in the fine city of Chicago. Big Dog and a Coach at your service right up until 11 o'clock. If you'd like to be served in a more personal manner, you can do so by giving us a call at 888-463-6748. Remember, your seat cushion can be used as a flotation device. Big Dog, how are you? And um, specifically in the voting, I want to ask you about judges because I know you're very familiar with a lot. Unfortunately, very familiar with many of our Chicago area judges. Yes, this is true, Coach. <laughs> is there any you would uh, give a NR rating to to our voting audience out there? Uh, not recommended. Any Chicago judges that you yes. think have given you an unfair time? Uh, Judge Coco, without question. <laughs> Judge Coco. That woman is pure evil. Okay, she... Uh, uh, she's located down like uh, on 14th in Michigan. That's where she uh, is, does. Oh, she's horrible, Coach. Okay. She's one of the worst people on the planet. All right. We don't know her first name, but on the ballot, when you go in there, folks, you're going to vote yes for most of the judges. Uh, you can check your local papers or listen to the big dog. But when you come across the name Coco, I'm assuming that's a C-O-C-O? Yes. Okay. You should vote no for that particular judge. Another guy who's been in office or been on the bench way too long, Michael Jordan. He needs to go. The only reason why he wins in the city of Chicago is because his name is Michael Jordan. Interesting. I thought I wasn't sure which way you were going. There's an actual judge, Michael Jordan, and with a name like that, clearly he's going to be retained. But if there's a judge, Lou Piniella, that guy's in big trouble. Oh, he's in trouble. That guy's in big trouble. Yeah, Judge Mark. Wants to rise. Okay. What, what do you mean? He wants us to rise. His quarterback always falls. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. Now that we got your judge recommendations, uh, thanks for joining us on the show, Big Dog, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. All right. See you later, coach. <laughs> oh, goodness. Dog, I opened up the show by saying it started on, I'm guessing, March 30th. March 31st, it was freezing cold out. It ended last night, and it was freezing cold out in the middle we got some nice warm weather, but uh, I know it's one of your favorite sports. Put a close on the 2010 baseball season, what it meant to you, if you can uh, speak very unemotionally at this point. Well, the year of the pitcher and the year of the rookie phenom ends with a team that had no mm -hmm. offense except for a rookie phenom, mm -hmm. but the best pitching that we've seen in baseball and possibly the last since at least 01 with the Diamondbacks. I mean, it was dominant, Coach, so... 
it's it's pretty funny when the year the pitcher ends up having a great pitching team with nothing mm-hmm. else to win. Yeah, that's a good good theme of it. The year of the pitcher and the year of uh, not just the rookie Buster Posey, but a lot of really really good young players, probably as as competitive both in the American League and National League for the Rookie of the Year candidacy. Uh, four, five, six deep in each league as as we can ever remember. Oh, absolutely, Coach. Like, this might be the greatest year in terms of uh, Rookie of the Year balloting ever. I mean, that's a, that's a bold statement. But, I mean, there's guys that are finishing in fifth place that would have won it almost any other year this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's a great season for rookies. Giants knock off Texas last night, 3-1. to one. Timmy Lensicombe, eight innings, ten strikeouts, two walks, Three hits. He was spectacular. Cliff Lee was pretty damn good, too, up until the seventh inning when they got a couple of runners on. And Edgar, I've got a bad case up. Renteria. Three homers on the season, big dog, and he hits his biggest home run of his career, a huge three-run smash, and it held up for the victory. An emotional moment for Renteria and his family. You know, for some reason, it wasn't even surprising. Like, right when he swung, I'm like, oh, yeah, he comes through again. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to like matter matter of fact it, but it just seems like that guy has always been clutch his whole career. Usually, when he comes through, though, it's with a base hit. He is not exactly even in his prime. He was never a big home run hitter, and now as a what is he, thirty four year old veteran, I think he had three homers, twenty two RBIs on the season. But when it counted most, he came up big in the playoffs and. Uh, all he needed last night was one homer and three RBIs. That was enough to send the Giants to their first World Series since, what, 1956, 58? 1954. Wow. Are you trying to tell me, honestly, Yes. that he only had 23 RBIs on the season? Well, I thought it was 22 is what I had heard. Regular really? season. I mean, that's just amazing, Coach. Yeah. 22 RBIs on the season, mm-hmm. he hits a three-run what? jack. And, and those weren't his only RBIs in the series either. Was he a regular for the Giants all season long? Yeah. Okay. yeah he played. He was, I mean, they, they rotated him and Juan Uribe and Pablo Sandoval. Like, Uribe would, you know, he would play at short sometimes, sometimes at third. That's, that's pretty funny, Coach. Mm-hmm. And Renteria does win the Most Valuable Player Award, but like you said, it was all about pitching. The Texas Ranger lineup was loaded, and what a credit to the San Francisco pitchers. What's so impressive about them, Big Dog, is they win the World Series. We talk a little baseball here. Any baseball fans, you want to wrap it up, get your final baseball talk in. Dog and the coach right here for you, 888 But what was so impressive is it wasn't just one guy. It wasn't. Two guys, you know, like Gibson and, and, and Carlton or Lolich and McLean. It was four pitchers plus the bullpen collectively that shut down one of the better hitting lineups we've seen in recent years. Pretty impressive by a collective group of San Francisco pitchers. Well, well, Jonathan Sanchez was awesome in the playoffs. He was not good in the World Series. That was the only bad start. Okay. So, but yeah, but definitely, I mean, three guys in the World Series, four guys in the whole postseason, just absolutely dominant, mm-hmm. dominant. Madison Bumgarner, the young kid, the 21-year-old, we talked about his performance yesterday, and uh, Lincecum was, uh, I don't know, would you call it spectacular yesterday or simply just very, very good and almost like a workman-like very good? You know what? Um, I'm going to go with dominant, Coach. Okay. He gave up three hits. Uh, the only thing he gave up in terms of runs was uh, was to uh, Nelson Cruz. And if you look at that pitch, it was down and in. It wasn't that bad of a pitch, and Nelson Cruz just got the head of the bat down on it. I mean, it was a—he was dominant, coach. He—he mm-hmm. he was, 
as good as you'd want a pitcher to be in a clinching win. I think I started the series by, well, I know I started the series by saying I thought Texas would win, and I kept reminding people, even when they're down 2-0, 3-1, I thought the Rangers had a comeback in them. I was wrong about that. However, I think if we put producer David Olson to the task, or one of our fine female interns who have not been hired yet, we still, Big Dog, shockingly, have not gotten a new female intern. We've Really? Yep. We can't even get female interns to interview anymore. After the last six left, apparently our reputation has preceded us. And I'm not even in studio anymore. I know so that. I wasn't the issue. I, well, I still think, you know, when they do the, they come in and their parents do background checks on us and they find out you're related to the show. Very tough to get a female into. Right now we're looking for somebody who's at least transgendered. We thought we'd meet him halfway. So if you're a transgendered uh, intern and you want to work for us, we promise the big dog will have hands-off policy. I guarantee you. 888-463-6748. But um, now I forgot what the, <laughs> what the research we were going to do. What the hell were we well, just talking about? General has had something to do with Timmy Lincecum. No. <laughs> Completely lost my train of thought. Beep, beep, beep. The train has gone off the track. There, there was some thought I had, but... Uh, Help me out, You're going to have me or one of the female interns look something up, but yes, he never what specified I'm, what it was. Well, I'm trying to remember. What were we talking about right before my specification? Jimmy Lincecum. Nah, it was something else. I can't remember. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Thank you very much. I believe if we go back to the tapes on a March 29th, a March 30th, I could be wrong. I didn't write it down, but I believe that uh, it might be someone sounding very similar to me at the beginning of the baseball season, Big Dog, predicting that the San Francisco Giants would be this year's World Series winner. You may have done it, Coach, because uh, I mean I, I think I kind of agreed with you. I thought the Phillies were going to win, mm-hmm. and uh, or maybe I just I, said something like the Giants could be the surprise team. It doesn't matter at any rate. The the Giants are your World Series winner, and uh, you could see those San Francisco fans pretty celebratory. Big Dog been a long time for some of those long suffering, if we could use that cliche, San Francisco fans. Well, they're long suffering. Heck yeah, they have a beautiful city, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, their baseball team has uh, probably done even. They've been worse than futile. They've been good and fallen short many times. So. Well, and I would argue that I don't know that that's worse than futile. You know, I'd, I'd rather be good and win some divisions and maybe not win the whole World Series, but still have some successful years than just be bad all the time and not even be. You're saying to be teased by it is even worse than. That never having accomplished it. Well, it, it all depends. As a Cub fan, I, I'm just, uh, <laughs> it's kind of hard to say it. You know what I mean? They haven't really gotten close to the World Series in a long time. So, mm-hmm. yep. San Francisco fans are celebrating. You think of Joe Buck today, and that a nice little, uh, or their Fox Sports production did a nice little pictorial and kind of remembrance back uh, about, what, 10, 15 minutes after the celebration, all the great San Francisco players and days going by, the Willie McCoveys, the Orlando Cepedas, the Willie Mazes, the Juan Marichals, and all of those great players that uh, certainly had some success but never won the whole ball of wax. And finally, it's Aubrey Huff that gets him over the top. Go figure. Yeah, there's so many great <laughs> players in Giant. Atlee Hamaker. <laughs> oh, great name. Johnny LaMaster. How about Jimmy Ray Hart? Oh, that's good, Coach. Johnny Frank Nick Murtry. I don't remember him. Uh, he was the best reliever yeah. in baseball for a couple of years. There was a period of time in my teenage years when I think I carried the card of Johnny LeMaster in my wallet for many uh, many a time. It's a personal story. Really? I can't really relate it, but uh, 
For a while, I was a big Johnny LeMaster fan. Hey, that guy used to choke up like six inches on the back. Coach. Yep. Yep. It, was a, it was a little strange. Yeah, and then he had a pretty uh, solid adult film uh, career post-baseball. So Johnny LeMaster was, uh, had two successful careers. He did, huh? <laughs> Wasn't that Johnny LeMaster? Maybe that's a different Johnny LeMaster. Well, it's, uh, it's, I know Vicente Shanko of the, of the Vikings does that in the offseason. Who? And that wasn't the tight end for the Vikings. What's his name? Vicente Shanko. David Olson, I know, uh, comp- you know, internet, we have looser rules than we do on radio. Are we allowed to say Vicente Shanko on the, uh, internet, over the internet? Is that? <laughs> Fines are forthcoming. <laughs> Fines are forthcoming. We'll make sure we vote no on his retention, Judge. By the way, uh, we do want to recommend Big Dog. You're you're a, a proud American, a patriot, if nothing else. Everybody out there, get out and vote. Exercise your right. We may all be disgusted with the political scene, but I don't want to put words in your mouth. But can we recommend to all our listeners find some time and get out there and please vote? You, know, you always put words in my mouth when you when I've already went over this. No, I'm what? I'm I'm what I'm, again. Don't just go out and vote, people. Find out about these people before you vote for them. Do a little homework. Don't just show up on November 2nd and be like, I'm going to vote for my party and just vote across the board. Find out what these people have done. Mm-hmm. These, I mean, there's some bad individuals on these ballots nowadays. It's pretty sick. So, yeah, or, you know, I have in front of me. I, I just I voted before coming here, so I've still got a couple of sheets with me. Bring the uh, couple of newspapers editions of the judges, which none of us follow the judges. And you look for consensus no votes, and there's not many. Most of them will recommend yes, yes, yes. But the judges that are recommended to be no, they should be voted off. Because these papers, these people have done some research, and especially if there's consensus from more than a couple, then you need to get rid of the bad judges out there. The problem is people don't read about it, people don't educate, and we continue to elect incompetent judges, ones that sometimes incarcerate you. Exactly, Coach. Like Judge Coco. Yes, David. Uh, if you know, that's exactly, that's exactly what I did. Because yeah. I rolled out of bed at 6 a.m. and went straight over the uh, polls. Very impressive. Well, I figured it was the best chance of me getting in and out of there. So, What was I, the crowd at 6.15? Uh, it, was, it was actually, there were three people in front of me, five people in back of me. This was at 10 after 6 in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's what I did. I brought in the local paper with the uh, judge recommendations. Because yep. usually, usually, since I don't know who those people are, I just skip those. Right, but this year it's like no, no, no. Yeah. It's like yeah, especially the no's, because mm-hmm. even if even if you don't vote yes, they're going to get elected. But the ones that the, the few and there's not many, but the few that get the NR, the not recommended, they should be. Uh, yep, and that's that's exactly what I did. Yep, that's exactly good. what I did. Very good. He's another proud American here. You want to talk a little election voting in your particular city, your particular state, your particular county? We are more than happy to jump off the sports page. The Big Dog and the Coach, 888-463-674. Your recommendations right on, Big Dog. Educate yourself. Put a little effort into it. No question about it. You know, I'm looking at the Water Reclamation District uh, candidates, Big Dog. Mm-hmm. Not very impressive. I am thinking in two years. I may take a shot at I don't even know what it is, but I may take a shot at running for Water Reclamation District Representative. Yeah, I, I just want to let you know that the Water Reclamation, Reclamation District of Chicago yes. is at about uh, 670 North Michigan Avenue. Okay. Okay. Uh, a really good friend of mine, a really good friend of mine, worked for that particular organization back in the 90s and mm-hmm. early aughts. Mm-hmm. And he used to joke about how he didn't do anything at work. 
And uh, people, they used to have a thing, hey, what are, you, what are you doing at work? And he used to say, I, I can't even tell you how busy we are. And everybody used to say that and laugh because they didn't do anything. Okay, they didn't do anything. I would go over for him at lunch, okay, and he would go buy me lunch with their little water reclamation district credit card, okay. We would get drunk, okay, and he would go back to the office, and I would go to a Cub game. And then he'd be like, I'll meet you there in like a half hour. Half hour later, he'd be there and be like, yeah, I I'm out early today. And he never one time did anything, ever, ever, working for the city of Chicago. Discourage uh, Along with the other 40 people that were in that office doing mm -hmm. nothing, all on the phone. Hey! My boyfriend coming. He dropped off some flowers. I mean, it was unbelievable, Coach. I would go over there every day because I worked at Nike Town across the street. It was it, it was disgusting. It was just absolutely disgusting. I like it's it. Another, I like it. More taxpayers, not money, just it, going out the window. It is. We can laugh about it, but you're, you're right. It's not a laughable matter. It's disgusting, and that's why so many counties, so many states are uh, deep, deep into the red. I, I do like his line, though. I can't tell you how busy we are. Yeah, I can't even <laughs> tell you how busy we are. <laughs> Oh. I'm like, do you ever do anything? He's like, yeah, like at the end of quarters, we have like uh, two or three days of like paperwork to finish up. Mm -hmm. But he's like, he's like, I work 250 days a year. So he's like about out of 240, I don't have anything to do. He was being serious and he was proud of it too. He was yeah. totally proud of it. Sad. Very, very sad. It's a culture that has grown, but I guarantee in two years. When I run, uh, should there be an open spot in the water reclamation district of the city of Chicago, Big Dog, I will change that culture. I will be a much more active water reclamation district. You will not come over to my office and get drunk on city dollar. I can guarantee you that. He was making seventy grand a year. He made six grand a month to sit around and not do anything at work. Yeah, I'll tell you what, David Olson, I started off as a joke. This job's sounding better and better all the time. I'm not making this up. I mean, I kind of want to say his name, but I don't because he no. he got another job in the city. Yeah, don't do that. And he um he work he makes like he makes twice as much money, but he actually works about like 15 hours a week instead of uh like one day every three months. Very depressing. Very very depressing, and that's why so much of our politics is in trouble. And again, like I said, so many of our. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm going to take a wild, wild guess, Big Dog, and say the Water Reclamation District of Chicago is not the only entity out there where there is complete, if not utter, waste going on. And that's a big reason why, again, so many of our governmental agencies are deep in the red. Yeah, I know. I've told you about that guy before. You know, mm -hmm. just not on this show. But, yeah, yeah. He, you know, I, I even brought that up. And he was like, oh, no, no, we're the only we're the only one. And he laughed. We're the only one. Everything mm -hmm. else in the city of Chicago is on the up and up. Mm -hmm. So and he like and at the time this was in the mid nineties he was like begging me don't tell anybody how good I got it I'm like I won't next you're gonna buy me lunch once or twice a week I ain't gonna complain so yeah we're gonna have a new mayor in the uh, fine city of Chicago in the not too distant future maybe just maybe things will change that is if anybody decides to run right now everybody's dropping off like flies I don't know if Rahm Emanuel's uh, behind the scenes people are eliminating them but uh, candidates for the mayoral election are. Started off as a lot of them. There's not that many left, quite frankly. Well, uh, you know, I interviewed one guy that's uh, that's running as an independent, and uh, and in the, in the interview, he was like, you know, I'm a, I'm an outsider, all this mm -hmm. other stuff. And 
I asked him very softball questions, like, how are you an outsider? I talked about this that one day. Yep. And he couldn't, and he couldn't answer why not. And then he said he was a teamster. I'm like, oh, yeah, that really sounds like yeah, an that's, outsider. That's, that's not the outsider yeah. we're looking for. Maybe an yeah, outsider exactly. to what's going on now, but that's, that's not quite what we're looking for, but we'll see. I'm, I'm, my thoughts on the mayor of Chicago is uh, ABR. Anybody but Rom. Mm-hmm. Anybody well, but I couldn't Rom. agree more. I could not agree more, Coach. Yeah, and, I, you know, and I'm a big Barack Obama fan. I thought the first thing he did wrong was bring in as his right-hand man, as his chief of staff, was Rahm Emanuel, Mr. Political. Here Barack Obama comes in as president saying he's going to be different. Things are going to change. We're going to reach out. We're going to, you know... Uh, that actually hasn't really worked out now, has it? It has. It's been disappointing. I think he's tried to some extent, but he certainly has not broken out of the deadly circle of the political world. That's funny because he seems like such an elitist to me. How the, cool. how the difference? How we? Barack? The guy you're talking about? Yeah. No. He was just. He's such an elitist coach. He thinks he's better than everybody. Oh, see, and I, that, I, it's, I, it's so I, funny how you see him totally different than how yes, I, I see him. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I, 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 I don't. I don't. I don't catch the elitist at all. Interesting. He's, right. Everywhere he's gone, people have he's left the wake of people saying, "I couldn't believe I worked with that guy." So, where have you heard? No, uh, yeah, where, where, where have you where, heard where, that? How many, how many people have left his cabinet? Well, they people no, leave I, presidential cabinets all the time. I don't think his is any worse than than others. I mean, the George Bush cabinet. He hasn't left. Was, nobody's left his cabinet. Yeah, they have. Who, who left the well, cabinet? I don't know what's the definition of the cabinet, but there are Le- left the staff, maybe. Up yeah. the staff, but not the cabinet. <sighs> Sports guys talk politics. You gotta love it on election day here. Eight 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 four six three sixty seven forty eight. Vote early, vote often. I I almost wrote you in, big dog, as a Cook County retention judge or appellate judge. I'm sorry. Well, I don't want to be a judge, coach. Yeah, I know, but I wanted to write yeah. you in for something. Last time, I think I wrote you in for state comptroller, and you got upset with me, so I didn't want to do that again, but. I almost feel like it's an election tradition to write you in for one particular office. Well, yeah, see, if I take bribes as a judge, I'd feel real guilty about that. Mm-hmm. Extreme, because I don't want to like have anybody going up the river that shouldn't. You know, I want our judicial system to be fair. But when it comes to uh, when people are just going to allow graft to happen, heck, I'd be more than happy to like give somebody a contract they don't deserve or give well, jobs uh, to my friends. I'm not writing you, know, you in for that purpose. I'm writing you in because I'm hoping that you'll be a little bit different from that. You'll break that mold and break people that are trying to to, to further that culture, Big Dog. Otherwise, I'm not going to write you in anymore. Uh, well, well, at least I'm honest enough to, and, and I'm forthright enough to say I'm going to do it, okay, and I won't do it as a judge. Uh-huh. Okay, I, uh, f- fine. If it's going to have to be that way, I'll do the right thing, Coach. But it just isn't right. I, I would be a politician at that point, and it just wouldn't be right for me to do the right thing. All right, maybe the two of us together on a ballot down the road, but we'll see. But uh, at any rate, you're going to get out there sometime today and vote, I hope, Big Dumb. Uh I don't know if I'll be able to get there because I don't uh, – See, out, this isn't Chicago where the Democratic Party brings the buses with the box lunches to, mm-hmm. uh, to the poor neighborhoods and buses people to the poll. Yep. So, and, so I don't think I'll actually get a, uh, a bus ride to the poll today, so I don't think I'll be able to vote. How long, have a they, car, so. how long of a bike ride to your polling place? My right. bike is broke, so oh. I don't get to vote oh. today. So, and I'm, and I need to vote, especially in this mm-hmm. particular state, which is so liberal that it's a, a serious issue, so. Who broke but your I would bike? Like to, but I won't be able to. What happened to the bike? How'd your bike get broken? Uh, it's 
just a cheap bike, and uh, it's um, the crank busted on it, so mm. I'm stuck, and I won't be able to. And I have a lot of work to get done today too, so Coach, mm-hmm. I don't think I'll be able to vote. All right, well, maybe maybe by six o'clock you'll change change your mind. See if you can. Uh, well, get I out there. I'm, how am I going to get to the poll? Yeah. Can you explain that to me? I won't be able to get there. So. Well, maybe we'll send somebody out there. Dave, you got any friends in, out in the Aurora area that can pick Big Dog up and deliver? We'll see if we can find someone. I actually do have some friends out in the Aurora see area, that? so let's see, let's see what they're doing. Go. Okay, there you go. I do too, but they're all at work. Yeah. All right, it's going to be good television watching today, Big Dog. I find the elections, uh, even though it can upset you and politics can be nauseating at times, there is... See if you're with me here. There's the, uh, the the sports competitive instincts kick in sometimes. You've been following some of these races, not just in your own local area, but in other states too. You know, out in California, Moonbeam is back at it again. Governor Jerry Brown can he take down Meg Whitman? Meg Whitman trying to take down Jerry Brown. Sharon Angle against uh, Harry Reid in Nevada. Great races going on. Connecticut, Delaware, Pennsylvania. So you get a little bit of that competitive instinct, and um, to me, it makes for some enjoyable viewing, and, and, and I get a little bit of that sports instinct out of it, too. I don't know if you get that same thing. Not at all, Coach. When I was younger, I loved it. Mm-hmm. it was, those were, like, the best days of the year. Absolutely loved that stuff when I was, like, 8 and 12, 16. But now that I'm, now that I'm older, mm-hmm. I just see all these guys as scumbags, and it just it, they, they all stick to me. I just like, oh, who is this guy paid off? Who's getting him elected? What backroom deals? I, 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 I legitimately loathe. All these people, all of them. Sad. Especially considering what my buddy Joe Hogan has gone through. He was going to run, come out here in Aurora, and basically the some people were like, oh, you'd be a perfect uh, guy. Well, you're going to have, I'll get you elected. You have to do this for me, this for me, this for me, this for me. And another guy, yes, I'll get mm-hmm. you elected. you got to do this, this. Oh, you'd be perfect. You're a West Point guy. You've got no arrest convictions, nothing. You speak really well. I'll give you uh, 500000 of your campaign, but when you get elected, you got to do this, this, and this. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Joe Hogan would be more than happy to talk about it. One day I'll get him on the on the yeah. show. Just the stuff that he was going to have to do to yeah. uh, be elected out here in the war. It's disgusting. So you're, you're even thinking about running, and people are offering you. Uh huh. Exactly. Cash for future uh, considerations. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. All right, we'll take a quick break. When we come back. We'll talk a little more sports, guys. Talk politics, but uh, big dog. Want to get into some NFL news and notes? I don't know if you watched the Bulls yesterday, but uh, there weren't many NBA games. But the one we watched, the Chicago Bull. Over the Portland Trailblazers, very, very impressive. And we'll jump off the sports page, a couple other topics as well. Big Dog and the Coach, answer service up until 11 o'clock. Give us a call, 888-463-6748. It's Election Day on a beautiful Tuesday, November 4th. to get back to two guys and a mic your mid-morning break sports talk show once again here's the coach john cone and the big dog joel radwanski on talkzone.com 
All right, second half of our uh, election day special. I think I said Tuesday, November 4. How about Tuesday, November 2? Big Dog and a Coach at your service up to 11 o'clock. Watch the little NBA basketball. Our Chicago Bulls looked awfully good last night, Big Dog. Very exciting game. Did you catch any of the Luol Dang show last night? No, but I was hearing, uh, I heard Cloudy screaming up there, Luol Dang is going off. <laughs> I heard him. I was downstairs going between the World Series, then the mm-hmm. football game, then the Bulls game, and then the Blackhawk hockey game. Wow. So it was. Uh, I was pretty busy last night. That's some solid remote control work right over there. you got four different events. Now tell me the one I did not watch, Monday Night Football. Give me a, a quick analysis of uh, what went on. Uh, it, it's basically the fact that uh, Peyton Manning is a sturgeon, quite simply. Mm-hmm. And he does whatever he wants. I don't think he made one mistake while I was watching the football game. Obviously, the the World Series clinching game was was the lead for me, but I, I was able to watch most of the second half. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, you give him any bit of protection whatsoever, and your team is beat. I mean, you, you just can't stop the guy, and that's what happened. And last night, uh, they were going to make it's a really good Texas team and Texan team, and uh, and uh, you know they the, the the their defense had no shot, coach, no shot. Peyton Manning got every first down. That he was supposed to get. It was it was just a thing of beauty. That team is going to be awfully tough to beat. They might be the best team in the AFC. What was the uh, final score? Um, thirty to seventeen. Respectably entertaining Monday Night Football. I don't watch much Monday Night Football this year, but uh, decent game from a excitement standpoint. Well, not really because the Colts got out to such a huge lead. Okay. So you felt like like whenever the Colts get out into a big lead, you feel like it's uh. Pretty much they're in control, but then late in the game, the Colts are up 13, and they start throwing the ball, and they threw two incompletions, and they stopped the clock, and actually gave the Texans a chance to actually come back. I thought that was kind of stupid. What did but, Notre Dame coach Brian Kelly take over in the fourth quarter? Yeah, oh my goodness. Wow. Yeah, you know what? Why does he rub salt in the wound? Why does Brian Kelly? Why doesn't he just flat out say, "You know what? I made a big mistake." Well, I should not have done that. Instead, I'd do it again. You would? Well, then I'd fire you because that was those are mistakes that you don't make, okay? I think when he said, I'd do it again, I don't know that he was specifically talking about that situation. I think he's trying to create a mentality and explain to folks this is part of his football mentality. I can see where he's coming from a little bit, as long as he's not talking about that specific example because that was a mistake. But the attack mentality, the we're not going to play not to lose, we're going to go out to win, that kind of mentality, I think. I don't want to put words into B. Kelly's mouth, the fine coach of Notre Dame, the much maligned Notre Dame coach, but I'm sort of thinking that was his overall philosophy, Big Dog. He's trying to explain to people that's the way they're going to run the program. But, again, specifically in that situation, Horrible call. Yeah, yeah, you you do realize I like Brian Kelly. I think yes. he's a really good coach. So, yep. like, I'm not. You said much maligned. I don't want to be somebody maligning him. Well, he's maligned. And he should have said that then. It just came yeah. up really, really, really bad. Yep. But you know what? He's got other things on his mind Oof. this past week mm-hmm. than losing a football game. Yeah. Well, he was in the just. Chicago area yesterday for the uh, funeral of Declan Sullivan. Now, I'm going to guess he never even knew who Declan Sullivan was, but as the head coach. You needed to make an appearance at that funeral, I would assume, right? And, and boy, you talk I would about... think you'd be surprised, Coach. I bet he does know. You think so? That, well, he's going to be like, hey, I want this, this, and this today, so make sure you get it. I, 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 I guarantee that, that they... Uh, but does the head, the head coach at a major Division One school deal directly 
with the individual cameramen? Okay, or I, maybe it was Division Three stuff, but those guys dealt directly with our head coach. Our head coach is like, mm-hmm. I want you make sure you get this today, make sure you get this today, make sure you get this. Mm-hmm. So I, I would not be surprised whatsoever if Brian Kelly did the same exact thing. Okay. I'm not saying he told him to go up in the tower. Because mm-hmm. he's, you know, he, the first thing he said was it was my idea to have the practice outside. He didn't say anything about going up in the yeah. tower. Though. I, I get no problem with the team practicing outside. That's not, you know, they were inside the day before, didn't want to be inside two days in a row. Let's go out and braid the elements. No problem there. Just you know the idiocy of sending somebody up on a tower to film in mm-hmm. that kind of wind. So practice outside, no problem at all. Just don't send somebody up top to film the damn practice. That's where the stupidity was. But uh, that's a little bit of old hat at this point. Very very sad. The funeral was yesterday up in the Chicago area. Brian Kelly did make an appearance. Getting back to your Monday night football game, though, my comment to you, without having seen the game, as I do think sometimes, dog, uh, in life and certainly in sports, we. T- we sometimes take greatness for granted, especially when we've seen it over and over again, and that's the case with Peyton Manning. But sometimes, and it sounds like you did last night, you got to step back and just uh, savor the taste and how great that offense and the way Peyton Manning runs it truly is. Yeah, yeah I do, because other people are like, why aren't you watching the Bulls game? And I'm like, how often do we get to watch Peyton Manning? I mean, there's no knock on the Bulls, but I mean, I, I do love them, but, and I've watched all the other games this week, but the difference between watching the the Indianapolis Colts play and the, and the Bulls play on November 1st. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's not even a question what I'm doing at that point. Mm-hmm. Indianapolis knocks off Houston 30-17 Monday Night Football. The Bulls uh, 110-98 over the Portland Trailblazers. Lou Aldang, 40 points. He got him mostly on outside shots. And, you know, they talked about in the offseason how he's been working on his outside shot. He was just stroking it yesterday. And, dog, I know it's a little bit of a, a sensitive topic with you, but – the guy for Portland that scored 33 points was the guy we could have had, but basically traded for Tyrus Thomas in the draft. LaMarcus Aldridge was awesome for Portland. He could have been your Chicago Bull forward. He could be our Carlos Boozer without a, a broken arm and a $16 million a year contract. <laughs> yes. I don't, you know, don't want to like rub the salt in anybody's wound or anything. Mm-hmm. Man, that guy was on fire. By the way, they played great defense on Brandon Waugh. I'm calling him Brandon Waugh, by the way. Instead of Roy. Well, my son anything. was like, my, my kid last night, I said, why do you keep calling him Brandon Waugh? And I tried to explain to him, it, just, it wasn't intended, but I, I remember the goalie, Patrick Roy, right? It was spelled R-O-Y? Mm-hmm. Pronounced Wa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so now I'm calling superstar forward for the Portland Trailblazer. just naturally came out, I'm calling him Brandon Waugh. So, well, after what he did to Illinois in, uh, oh. in 2006 in the tournament, yes. I have never liked yes. him ever since. I called it him was a, one on five, basically, yeah. that day. After that game, I called him a few other things. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. And I remember after watching that game, I kept hoping the Bulls would draft him because he was uh, he was spectacular. And that was a very, if I remember correctly, very talented Illinois team that could have gone a long way, but uh, Brandon Roy single-handedly. It was the year after they went to the Final Four mm-hmm. in the championship game, and they had Augustine back. They had D. Brown. That was a good team. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, 888-463-6748, the phone number. You watched a little NBA basketball last night. You are in the Chicago area. You watched your Bulls play. Awfully good so far. Two in one, including a big comeback from 21 points down. And the one thing about this year's Bulls team, Big Dog, you will see as you watch depth. They have more good players than they've ever had before. A luxury for head coach Tom Thibodeau. 
And you know what? They have guys that seem to buy in too, Coach. Yep. And, and what I mean by that, it's good to have talent, but it's also good to have people that have a, some type of concept mm-hmm. of what their role is on the team and what it takes to win. That's the best thing I like about this team so far. You taking a somewhat half-hearted shot of a guy that I supported last year, uh, Mr. Vinny Del Negro? No, no, I don't. I could care less about Vinny Del Negro. I'm not sitting okay. here to rip on him. I, okay. But uh, I'm just saying their roster this year mm-hmm. seems to be full of winning or championship caliber players. Guys yeah. like Corey Brewer and, and Kyle Korver. I, I really think all these guys really care about is getting it mm-hmm. done and winning. I, you know, they're from the Jerry Sloan School of Basketball, which is mm-hmm. a good thing. Yep, got three guys from Utah. Brian Scalabrini probably is the greatest uh, personification of what you're talking about. He doesn't care if he plays a couple of minutes a game or at times this year he's played 15, 20 minutes a game. He comes in off the bench and immediately produces, rarely makes mistakes, and when he's not, he's coaching on the bench. He knows his role. C.J. Watson, the backup point guard, similar thing. Whatever minutes he gets, comes in and produces. He knows he's backing up the all-star Derrick Rose. So you're right, some good role players, and you need that to produce a winning team, which the Bulls very well might have this year. Could be exciting here in Chicago. By the way, Cloudy was not very happy with C.J. Watson yesterday. Did not play well. Uh, tell Cloudy as a basketball aficionado, I would beg to differ with him. I think C.J. Watson's been very solid. I guess like right at the end of uh, one of the quarters, he broke somebody down and made an unbelievable layup. But like, so I, I saw that play, and he just started going over. He turned them all over two times, and he just started, he was not very happy with C.J. Watson hey, yesterday. C.J. Watson been pretty solid. Best part of my yesterday's game, by the way, Derek Rose passed the ball. Yes, yes. He didn't force things. He's going to have his 30-point games. I like his line last night, 12 points, or what did he get, 16 points, 13 assists. That's beautiful. Yeah, and That's get beautiful. everybody else involved. It was a nice game. They beat a 3-0 and Portland team, very, very good Portland Trailblazer team. And by the way, the seven-footer from Turkey, who I had never seen play, and I expected to see another uh, you know, plotting European seven-foot guy, Omar Ashik, yeah. is the way they pronounce his name. He is not a plotting lethargic seven-foot post player, as many of our European players have been, particularly it seems like the guys the Chicago Bulls have picked up the last 10 years. Omar Ashik can play. You know, getting a, a plotting guy from the Middle East yes, bad. Just don't ever get a plotting no. guy from the Middle East. Uh-uh. <laughs> the United Center will have the roof off. Oh, the difference between two D's and two T's, it can make a big difference. Yeah, it's gigantic, Coach. No you question. <laughs> but, no, I, isn't it awesome? And I'm just, I'm so glad he's like a real center and he's not yes. one of those guys that is, uh, I'm good at the 20-foot jump shot. Mm-hmm. I, I'm decent in transition. I can care about that. Go down there and put a body on somebody. That's exactly what the guy is. And he does have a little bit of a soft touch. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't mind that you can shoot. I just don't want that to be what you're known for as a center. I want... I want people on their back when they get when they get near you, and that's what he seems like so far. Yeah. Coach, he's been a he's been a really nice addition for the Bulls, excellent yeah. addition. Playing a lot of minutes too. Last couple of games, yeah. he's played major minutes for the uh, Chicago Bulls. Deservedly, so. wouldn't you agree? Yes. I mean, uh, you, you get him and Joe Kim Noah out there. That's the no layup line. Yep. But Joe Kim Noah and him on the court at the same time. Everybody's taking the 18-foot jump shot. Mm-hmm. No one's going anywhere near the hole. And in so, condition, like some it. of the other uh, plotting, P-L-O-D-D-I-N-G, European players that we've seen play for the Bulls in the past would struggle to get up and down the court three, four, five times in a row. Omar Ashik, in condition, 
played 15 now, minutes in a row and barely working up a sweat. His hair was perfectly in place. Lovely hair, by the way. Would you consider Turkey, which is an American ally, a true American ally, by the way? Well, would, I don't know that I can. Would you consider them European or would you consider them Middle Eastern? I consider that Middle East. Interesting. I don't know that I could uh, adequately make an analysis. I haven't studied Turkey politics or the history of Turkey and how it's related to our fine country. You would consider it more Middle Eastern. Okay, yeah. Do you know okay. Istanbul was once Constantinople? You do know, do know that coast, I right? believe I can recollect that, yeah. I was a big fan of uh, Constantinople, by the way. I like that place. Well, Istanbul, you know, not so get, much. Get enough fiber, you can be a fan of it. <laughs> What's that supposed to mean? I'm not really sure, to be honest with you. <laughs> Oh, goodness. All right. 888-463-6748. Kind of an odd election day show here. Two guys at a mic, a big dog and a coach, right up until 11 o'clock. We talk some World Series baseball, NBA basketball. Big dog watched the Monday night football game last night. I'll be honest with you, with everything going on, completely forgot that there was Monday night football. I couldn't even watch the World Series last night because I'm watching the Bulls game on tape. And my wife has got like 16 other shows taped at Castle and Chuck, so I can't, I wanted to catch in, in updates on the World Series. I was going to, like, join it in the seventh inning. While I'm watching the Bulls game, I'm sad to report, Big Dog, I watched game three of the Bulls season over World Series clinching championship for the San Francisco Giants. I'm not proud of it, but that's the reality. No, you're going to you're gonna have to say, hey, listen, uh, you should just call it your wife. they like, hey, something's got to go. One of these no, things no, no, has no. to go. No, no, not Castle or Chuck. If, if my wife didn't attack me, my seventeen or my seventeen-year-old son would. So those two shows are sacred in our house. Well, you don't think you can fend both of them off? I mean, at the no. same time, I would have to say yes. You probably could, but uh-huh. they would probably beat the crap out. But one at a time, you don't think you can be able to take your wife or your seventeen-year-old? Well, probably, but just the next couple of weeks around the house, I'm not sure if it's worth it. Understand. Yeah. As soon as the Bulls game was over, and then I only had one machine to work with, I'm not going to get into all the details of my DVR. Quickly flipped over to the World Series, hoping to catch the eighth and the ninth inning, but because of the pitching brilliance, it was a fairly quick game. And at that point, Joe Buck was in uh, in the uh, roundup mode, along with a apparently very tired Tim McCarver. Not sure. Yeah, Tim McCarver. Tim McCarver might be suffering from low T, coach. <laughs> Tim looked a little. He looked a little beaten up when I saw him post game. Uh, that's that's putting it mildly, Coach. I don't think he's actually added anything to the telecast in like two or three years. Okay. I can't judge for this year. I always – he took a lot of abuse, a lot of kidding from our local sports talk host back in his uh, earlier days. I always kind of liked him, but the last couple of years, I don't know that I've listened to him enough to uh, judge. I do – I'm old enough to remember he was a heck of a catcher for your St. Louis Cardinal. Yeah, he was like a, one of those defensive specialists, right, Coach? He was like yeah. – he wasn't really a good hitter, was he? Yes, he was. Great hitter, no, but he was, he was a solid hitter. Yeah, no, he was not just a defensive guy. He would hit, what, 270, 280, maybe 15 to 18 homers a game. He was a bat. Okay, well, that's really good mm-hmm. back in those days, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the catcher that hit 270 with 15 home runs, he was probably an all-star. Mm-hmm. So. All right. Want to talk some World Series baseball, the baseball season, finally? Coming to a close on a November second, end of November. And the series only won five games. Could have gone deeper in November if it went to full seven. 888-463-6748. TV ratings. Only the early indications, Big Dog, but I'm sure the final indications will be not good. We've discussed this a little bit, but while it's wrap-up baseball time, um, how much of it is the sport of baseball just not 
connecting right now, and how much of it is the fact that it's November 2nd, we're in the middle of football, and we still got baseball going on? Well, they keep on competing against football, and it's never going to work anymore. This is this country is a football-driven country. So when Bud Stiglitz figures that out, and you know, maybe they'll they'll have better ratings. You know, mm-hmm. the, these games should be on Tuesday nights instead of Saturday and and Sunday nights. You know, and it's, it's just it's, they always have Tuesday off. They usually have. Mm-hmm. Uh, Friday off sometimes. They should be playing Friday night, so they're not, they're not going up against football. You know, America loves their sports. You know what I mean? And they'll they'll stay home and watch a game on on a Saturday night or a Friday night, kind of Friday night. But they're not going to if there's an option, football or baseball. It's it's this is a football country now, Coach. The football ratings get better every single year. It's really amazing. Eventually, it's going to hit some type of tipping point, I'm sure, but. Nowhere near that time anywhere soon. So if Commissioner Bud Selig were to step down and in a surprise vote, Commissioner Joel Redwanski, the big dog, takes over Major League Baseball, you would, would you have the season, would you shorten the season up? I guess you can't because of the, you need those number of games for the financial reasons, right? For the owners to make their money, the players to make their money. I don't know. I would never change the 162-game season. I would keep it 162 games. For as long as I was commissioner, yeah, not, we, we, not like it at nothing. Those those numbers have been the same since 1961, and it needs mm-hmm. to stay that way. So, okay, would you start the season in late March and still end it in late October? Uh, actually, as a matter of fact, I would, and I would also encourage uh, uh, those. Like, I would like to start it like March, like March 30th. I mean, like March 20th or so, mm-hmm. and just have more games in. Cities like Los Angeles, San Diego, San Francisco, Seattle, Tampa, Atlanta, Houston, Milwaukee, teams, Toronto, teams with either domes uh-huh. or in warm weather. And, yeah, I would start it a little bit earlier and have it the, the season end a little bit sooner if you're going to have three levels of the playoffs. They're talking about having a fourth round of the playoffs now. Seriously. They're, yes. they've, uh, Bud Stiglitz has, men- has mentioned that uh, – yep. They want 16 teams in the playoffs now instead of uh, eight like there is now. You don't need to change that, bud. You do not need to change it. So, so. Commish- Commissioner Redwanski would not consider that? No, I would not. They're talking about doing that not next year, but I think in 2012, adding another yeah. level. So what would that be, two more wild card teams in each league? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, and if you do it that way, just, you know, you they, they've talked about go to four divisions. And then have everybody, uh, then have, uh, 12 wild card teams. Huh? So there'd still be 16 teams. So you take your four division champs. And 12 wild card teams. Interesting. I don't know More than half of baseball would be in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So basically, all you would need to do at that point is get yourself two number one starters and then a, a closer and a, a really good team. Because you should be able to get into the top 16 with that type of team. And then after that, you just win every series because you'd have two number one starters. So you go get Cliff Lee and Tim Lincecum, get yourself a good closer and a good roster, and then everybody else on, like, uh, like starting lineup, and then everybody on your bench could be paid league minimum. And you can, and then your three, four, and five pitchers could be average, all rookies, you know, up and coming guys, and then you can dominate. And that's it. That way, because you couldn't get into the playoffs nowadays with that roster, but 
if it was 16 out of 30, that's exactly what you would have and, to do. And your theory is once you get in the playoffs, you can then get on a run and win it all. Just as long as you're in, you got a shot. Yeah, and if you have the two best pitchers in the game, mm-hmm. those guys just pitch, uh, you know, they pitch two-thirds of your, your games and you're fine. Mm-hmm. Commissioner Joel Rodwanski uh, joining us here on the Two Guys in a Mike Show, suggesting some changes he would make for Major League Baseball as we close out. I would out. also make Albert Pujols uh, wear cubby blue. <laughs> you would, huh? Yeah, yeah, that's, that would be my second yeah. thing that I would do. Yeah, as a Cub fan, you've got my vote. You've yeah. got my vote. And we will give them, uh, let's see, we'll, we'll give them what, Mike Fontenot? Mike Fontenot's not with us anymore. No, he uh, got a World Series ring yesterday. Oh, that's right. Benji Molina gets a World Series ring even though he lost. Yeah, and he's thinking about retiring now that he's got it. He is? Yep. That will leave only two of the flying Molina brothers left in Major League Baseball. I think all three of them should retire at the same time. Any of them Hall of Fame candidates? No. All of them very solid players, though. Yeah. I would take any of them on my team without mm-hmm. a doubt. But, yeah, the catching Molina brothers, I don't think they need to retire at the same time. That might throw the universe off kilt. I think they got to go slowly, <laughs> You might throw it literally off to it. Those guys are big boys. Oh, goodness. All right, 888-463-6748. Dial it up, folks. Talk some sports. Big Dog and the Coach, Election Tuesday. You want to talk uh, some elections, your experience at the voting booth, you can do that, too. Uh, tomorrow, of course, we'll get into more. By the way, Brian Bauer going to be joining us tomorrow. Big Dog, your good friend from days gone by. So that will be very exciting. And on a football Friday, it might be. It might be you and Brian co-hosting. I may have to on Friday call in my Beat the Schmoes picks because I believe I have a school function that I may need to be attending. So uh, you're on your own for your Beat the Schmoes football picks this Friday, okay? Gotcha, Coach. Gotcha. You're not going to email them in? Oh, no. I'll send them in. I'm hot. Okay. Two three and O's in a row. I, you, know, you know the story. When you're hot, you got to take advantage because, believe yeah. me, I will cool off very soon. So some way I'll make a pick. I might even call them, and I just don't think I can be in studio. Yeah. By the way, speaking of voting, uh, David, I don't know if this happened to you. This is like the fourth or fifth consecutive time I go in to vote. What's your name? I give them the name, address. They mark it off. Never ask for the ID. Yeah. They did the same thing and you know, sign this. Yeah. And they compare signatures. Yeah. Huh. I, I had my driver's license in my hand. Yeah, you would think. Expecting them to ask for it. But, yeah, huh. it's, it's, it's weird. And I, I don't understand why they don't do that. For, for one of the great rights that we have in America, Joel, and they do not to me. Basically, anybody could have come in. Joe Schmo could have come in, given my name and my address, and voted for me. Yeah, that's why in the city of Chicago, I used to vote like, you know, 10, 15 times. No, way. you never did. <laughs> come on. Come on. Where Are you registered to vote out in Aurora? Yeah, yeah I'm registered out here now, Coach. All right. So you did, you did half the job. You got yourself registered in your new location. Yeah. Very, very impressive. Now you got to do the other half and get out there and vote. But um, it's interesting. The touch-tone screens are very nice. A little intimidating a couple of years ago when they put him in, but, boy, very smooth. Yeah, I, I'd have to say that if you can't figure out how to use the machine, uh-huh. your your vote shouldn't count anyway. There were a few times, I remember, when they made changes. I'm looking back. I'm trying to remember back in my voting years. There were a few times it was a – I remember I had to ask for help a couple of times. But now that the uh, computer screens, they fine-tune it. It seems to be very, very smooth. The biggest problem is not pulling out that little card too soon. They have to warn you. they got the signs up. Don't pull it out until it says you have completed blah, 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 because apparently a lot of people think they've done it. Pull the card out, and then it just uh, 
puts the whole thing for shot and you got to start all over again. But it's it's a pretty smooth system, Big Doug, in this touch-tone world upon which we live. That's a beautiful thing, Coach. <laughs> so you'll watch, uh, you'll watch a little bit tonight, some TV, and find out who your elected officials may be for the coming year, or are you going to watch uh, sports instead? No, I'll be uh, out at Montrose Harbor roughing football games ah. until 10.30, and then after that I, I've got a bunch of stuff to film. And that, which I'm sure will be uh, election related, and uh-huh. it'll be up tomorrow on nice. Excellent. So we can catch you with some post-election. By the time you're doing those interviews at 11 o'clock, some results will already be in. So you'll be talking to people about uh, not only how they voted, uh, but so, the- yeah, tomorrow. No, it'll be all in studio stuff. So I'll just have to, okay, you know, pipe in and do it from do it that way, coach. Interesting. Chitownmix.com. We can catch you. Yes, coach. Mm-hmm. Very, very impressive. Very impressive. All right, a couple quick NFL news and notes. Big dog, Randy Moss of the Minnesota Vikings is no longer Randy Moss of the Minnesota Vikings. Well, he's no, still... no, it, it's not official yet. Eh, our our inside sources say it's all but done. No, no, no. we got to say what, what really happened, Coach. Brad Childress cut him, waived him, mm-hmm. but the owner and the general manager will not let the paperwork go through. Uh-oh. Because and Ziggy Wolf, the owner, said straight up, "I do not want this to happen." Brad Childress is a freaking moron. <laughs> He's an idiot. The coach of the Vikings. It just shows you, like, how do you end up becoming a coach of an NFL team when you make decisions like this? All, all, okay. You know what? There's reasons to uh, uh, cut Randy Moss. Might be he gave up on going after that ball on on Sunday. Okay, but. To cut him because he said all those positive things about the Vikings and Brad Childress took it as an insult that he still wanted to play for the Vikings. Well, Maybe I think wasn't wasn't it his press conference where he said, uh, "You know, you can find me whatever you want. I'm not doing any more press conferences. The only press conference I'm going to do is I'm going to interview myself. I will answer my own questions. Those are the only things I'm going to be really." It was a very odd press conference that he held, basically saying he's not going to talk anymore. That. That seemed like there was the straw that broke the camel's back and what uh, the main reason Childress let him go, Big Dub. So that's why. That's why an NFL coach got rid of uh, a guy that is still a prolific weapon that you give up a third-round pick for. And he's an idiot. He he cut the guy because he was upset that the NFL fined him $25,000 no. not speaking one day this week? No, the that's way, it was. The way Randy was. Moss, I think I think he didn't want a player to, of that uh, to be that negative that obtrusive to the nfl connected with his minnesota vikings they're trying to create an image they already bring in a guy of shaky caliber and if he's not going to present himself in a better uh, light if he's not going to behave yeah. with the proper attitude brad children's you could say he's a hero hey that's brad children's the coach not putting on up- it's that's complete garbage coach what you're saying they knew what they were getting three weeks ago when they traded for him the owner in the GM doesn't want this guy gone. It was Brad Schultz. You didn't see the whole thing. You saw some clip of him saying, oh, I, I don't want to, uh, you know. I, and I thought it was pretty funny what he said because he was going to answer his own question. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> and and if you got fined twenty five grand for missing, uh, and by the way, the it was he missed the Minnesota, uh, what do you call it, uh, reporter's time. Mm-hmm. Okay, so somebody from Minnesota turned this guy in. He was there when, when uh, the guys from New England or Boston were out there interviewing him. He missed one freaking news, uh, we call it, reporting what, what, interview session. Okay, and he gets fined $25,000. So he got upset about it. 
Brad Childress was upset about the fact that when Brad, when Randy Moss was saying how much he misses playing for the New England Patriots, how he loves all the players in that locker room, and that Bill Belichick is the greatest coach in NFL history. He said that prior to all that stuff that, that you're talking about. That's why Brad Childress cut him. Well, had nothing to do with... That's with well, there, there was supposedly another incident on Friday. Um... Every week, a player gets to pick their favorite restaurant to bring in food after practice. And uh, one of the players, it was, you know, uh, just a normal chicken pasta and ribs place and everything. A mom-and-pop store, basically. And, you know, all the players are lining up, getting food and everything like that. And supposedly Randy Moss was pacing back and forth complaining, I'm rich and I don't eat this uh yeah, this. You know, I don't. I don't eat garbage like this. This is beneath me. I mean, total prima donna attitude, and it was like supposedly a very, very uncomfortable situation, hmm. and he alienated the whole locker room. Wow, I didn't hear that one. I, didn't, I will. I, didn't hear I just. That. Yeah, uh, it's that story's just starting to make the rounds this morning. I will uh, email that to you. Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, like the, another thing supposedly that happened was. Uh, uh, Randy Moss pointed out in that interview, he's like, you know, I told the Vikings that a couple things that they do that we had to cover and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, and the coaches didn't believe me. So he threw the coaches under the bus. And the so coach had nothing to do with the $25,000 fine or him talking about it. Right. It was the other stuff. He he basically was like, Brad Childress is not a good coach. He should have saw the whole thing. He busted out Randy, Brad, Brad Childress. And at, at that point, I'd have to agree with him. But I, I did not know he didn't do like a, you, you hang with your teammates. It's as simple as I don't care if you make twenty five million. We got to wrap it up. We got to wrap it up, my friend. We'll talk to you tomorrow, okay? Yes, thank you, coach. Uh, be good out there. Thanks for listening, everybody. Two guys in a mic. Talkzone.com. We'll do it again tomorrow at ten. Have a great day.